0: Hello, this is R.J. Deacon reading the Supreme Court of the United States opinion syllabus in Retirement Plans Committee of IBM and Petitioners versus Larry W. Jander on writ of certiorari to the United States Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit. It was decided January 14, 2020, and there was no argument. It is a per curiam opinion. In Fifth Third Bank Corp versus Dudenhofer in 2014, we held that to state a claim for breach of duty of prudence imposed on planned fiduciaries by the Employee Retirement Security Act of 1974, ERISA, on the basis of inside information, a plaintiff must plausibly allege an alternative action that the defendant could have taken that would have been consistent with the securities laws and that a a prudent fiduciary in the same circumstances would not have viewed as more likely to harm the fund than to help it. We then set out three considerations that inform the requisite analysis. First, we pointed out that the duty of prudence under ERISA, as under Common Law of trusts, does not require a fiduciary to break the law. Accordingly, ERISA's duty of prudence cannot require the fiduciary of an Employee Stock Ownership Plan ESOP, to perform an action such as divesting the fund's holdings of the employer's stock on the basis of inside information, that would violate the securities laws. We then added that where a complainant faults fiduciaries for failing to decide on the basis of the inside information to refrain from making additional stock purchases or for failing to disclose that information to the public or failing to disclose that information to the public so that the stock would no longer be overvalued, additional considerations arise. In such cases, the court should consider the extent to which an ERISA-based obligation either to refrain on the basis of inside information from making planned trade or to disclose inside information to the public could conflict with the complex insider trading and corporate disclosure requirements imposed by the federal securities laws or with objectives of these laws we noted that the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission had not advised us of its views on these matters, and we believe those views may well be relevant. Third, and finally, we said that lower courts faced with such claims should also consider whether the complainant has plausibly alleged that a prudent fiduciary in the defendant's position could not have concluded that stopping purchases which the market might take as a sign of insight that insider fiduciaries viewed the employer's stock as a bad investment or publicly disclosing negative information would do more harm than good to the fund by causing a drop in the stock price and a concomitant drop in the value of the stock already held by the fund. The question presented in this case concerned what it takes to plausibly allege an alternative action that a prudent fiduciary in the same circumstances would not have viewed as more likely to harm the fund than to help it. It asked whether Dudenhofer's more harm than good pleading standard can be satisfied by generalized allegations that the harm of an inevitable disclosure of an alleged fraud generally increases over time. In their briefing on the merits, however, petitioners, its fiduciaries of the ESOP at issue here, and the government, presenting the views of the securities and exchange commission as well as the department of labor focused their arguments primarily on other matters the the petitioners argued that erisa imposes no duty on an esop fiduciary to act on inside information and the government argued that an erisa based duty to disclose inside information that is not otherwise required to be dis- disclosed by the securities laws would conflict at least with objectives of the complex insider trading and corporate disclosure requirements imposed by federal securities laws. Oh, that's Dudenhofer again. The Second Circuit did not address these arguments, and for that reason, neither shall we. There's a bunch of cases cited there. Uh, We are a court of review, not of first view. Nevertheless, in light of our statement in Dudenhofer that the views of the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission might well be relevant to discerning the content of ERISA's duty of prudence in this context, we believe that the Court of Appeals should have an opportunity to decide whether to entertain these arguments in the first instance. For this reason, we vacate the judgment below and remand the case, leaving it to the Second Circuit whether to determine their merits, Taking such action as deemed appropriate. And yeah, it was whether to determine their merits. It is so ordered. Uh, again, that was a procurium case. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to get a hold of us, we can be reached at rhodesscholar80 at gmail.com. That's R O A D S and 80, or at court syllabus on Twitter.